0: Welcome to Tax Wrap, the podcast of Tax and Super Australia. Each fortnight, we present news and insights to tax and SMSF practitioners. If you've got any questions, comments, or even suggestions, get in touch at podcast at taxandsuperaustralia Welcome to the Tax Wrap podcast, episode two thirty eight. I'm your host, Steve Burnham, and Today we speak to Tax and Super Australia's um, tax technical guru, Neville Berthesel, and um, we uh, just had the federal budget handed down uh, last night. I'm speaking to you Wednesday the 12th of May, and Neville and I have a chat about what was in the budget, the ramifications of that, and a few other little interesting things that came to surface. Neville Berthesel, how are you, and what did you think of the federal budget?
1: Morning, Steve. Yeah, what an interesting budget it was. So much spending. It made me feel like I was in Bunnings. <laughs> um, it, it also felt a lot like an Australian Labor Party budget, to be truthful. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, a, lot and of,
0: and a bit of welfare spending and uh, child support, all those things that you perhaps expect of the other side, but uh, which is good. I'm glad that the... Uh, uh, the government has come to uh, to do that because we all still all need that support, obviously.
1: Well, for those of us old enough to remember, the reason that Bob Hawke and the Hawke Keating government was so successful for so long is that they recognised that Mum and Dad Australia were a bit disturbed by the radical left wing, and they moved the philosophy and the policies of the party towards the centre. Yep. That's right. Pushing the Liberal Party right with nowhere to go. And (laughs) Mum and Dad Australia were then a bit concerned about the radical right.
0: Uh, That's right. The goalposts have perhaps moved a a little bit again, Neville.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So they've they've really left the ALP not a lot of room to manoeuvre when Mm. it comes to the next election.
0: Anyway, but what what did you think of the budget?
1: Anyway, it was was a fantastic budget if you're in the aged care sector. Uh. Um, some will argue that it didn't go far enough. Uh, I, obviously, one of the the holes in it is that there is more spending on training in the edu- in the aged care sector. Yeah, but that takes a long time to bear fruit. That's right. And and they're screaming out that they need extra people right now. Mm. Um, but and the other side will argue, well, where's the money coming from for all of this? And that seems to be a can that the the government has kicked down the road for a while right but it's certainly a step in the absolute right direction and the industry the aged care sector has needed this assistance for a very very long time that's right and it's good to see that the government has finally recognized that coming out of the royal commission
0: yeah well hopefully and and i'm i am of an age where it might might become central to myself in um, not too many years away so <laughs> let's hope it all starts to work soon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, not not too soon i hope steve no that's right <laughs> what um, al- what the, else stood out for you yeah the the other thing that stood out of course was all the assistance that's been thrown at women oh yeah um and, and of course the cynical among us would argue well the government needed to do something given all the negative issues they've had in that area in recent oh, times and yeah. they needed to step up
0: yeah um, who, who's was, to say whether the, the recent events had any say, but I, I suppose it may have. But the thing is that it was something that needed, needed to be addressed anyway.
1: Yeah, the same as the aged care sector. It was something that was desperately needed. Yep. Um, it, it's a shame that it took such intense and difficult circumstances to instigate it, yep. but it's good to see that they did react in that way. I mean, there's, there's again, there'll be people who say it didn't go far enough. One of the things that was pointed out was that the assistance also includes increased funding for childcare, right. and as was pointed out, um, dads benefit from childcare just as much as mums, so it's not mm. really a women's um, thing. It's more a family thing, but no nevertheless, yet. again. It's an absolute step in the right direction and long overdue and very welcome.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting point you just made about um, mums and dads are involved there. The, the, I was reading something about how the training initiatives that have been announced in the budget um, seem to be a, like a blokey focused uh, area, but I, I don't know how
1: true that is. Uh, certainly, that's how it appeared. It was a lot around apprenticeship training eighteen to twenty five or something like that age range. Right. Whereas the assistants were women were earlier access to super and things like mm. that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Seemed like the other end of the scale. <laughs> yeah. Having yeah. said that, having said that, um there's a lot more women getting into the trades these days. So it's going to make that sure. <laughs> And what else stood out to you, Neville? <laughs> well, the things that um our members are probably going to be most interested in, and there wasn't many. Um The government announced personal income tax cuts, but really all they're doing is extending the lower middle income tax offset for another 12 months.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's not really a tax cut, it's not a tax increase.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm. Um, The good thing is, of course, by simply doing that without actually changing the tax rates all the tax tables and all the rates stay the same. So oh, yeah. That's true. The, the rates you had for 2021 20, and the same as 2122. So we don't yeah. have to go back and reinvent the wheel. It's, yeah. a, it was an easy um, change.
0: Yeah, yeah. And another couple of th- measures that were extended, which was good news, is the uh, uh, full expensing. Can you say something about that?
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. So the I was going to mention the the full expensing and the temporary loss carry back were both oh, yeah. extended by 12 months. So the, full, the temporary full expensing now goes through to the 30th of June 2023, right? And the loss carry back goes through now to the 22-23 year. Now, yes, um, on the face of it that sounds fantastic. Yep. Um, with the temporary full expensing given that Nobody knew until last night it was going to be expen- extended. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking that those that needed something and wanted to take advantage of the temporary full expensing have probably already gone out and purchased that asset. Right. Um, and if there are more things they need, the only reason they haven't purchased it is they've run out of money. Oh, right. And therefore, unless they find a pot of gold in the next 12 months, they probably won't be buying too much more, anyway. No, so, no. Oh, a bit look. Cynical, but
0: yeah, no. Look, occasionally, I, to tell the truth, I was reading, uh, to, to of all things, a farming magazine, um, and there are some farmers <coughs> were complaining that they may want to order a new tractor or something else, but the manufacturers are having trouble supplying it in time. Um, so look, you know, you, you never know. Uh, yep. Someone might sell their wheat crop and be, have the money to um, go and buy that John Big John Deere that they've had their eye on. But, um,
1: yeah, ab- absolutely. There'll be yeah. winners out of it, no doubt at all. Mm. Um, with the temporary loss carryback, yes, it, it means that you've got another tax and income year. of If you have losses, you can carry them back. That's great. Yeah. Um, on the negative side, it is assuming that a lot of businesses are going to make continue to make losses into the next financial year, which is unfortunately true. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, that's true.
1: But, but uh, there again, at least it gives them a helping hand if and when that happens.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. And and well, yeah, I wonder how many of, of uh, our members' clients will be in that position, but it's hard to tell. It'd be good to do a survey on that, actually, to find out if that's being used or not.
1: Yeah, yeah, mm. exactly. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, the other major change was the introduction of the patent box. And oh, no, his- that's right. Well, I don't understand much about that. Tell, me, tell us about <laughs> it. Well, you won't find it under the Christmas tree. Um, <laughs> it it uh it the government put it forward like this wonderful new idea they've come up with however it's actually been um around for a very long time and in the fine print of the documents of the budget it actually does mention that over 20 other countries have already introduced a patent box so basically mm. if you take out a patent on something you retain that patent in Australia, so it doesn't go to your head office overseas or something like that. And then you make income as a result of that patent. You are eligible for to pay um, tax on that income at a rate as low as 17%. Wow. Okay. This is yeah, just not a patent, not not before
0: even before your.
1: Uh- uh, so, if you use that patent to generate revenue, then yep. that revenue will be taxed down to 17%. Okay. We um, don't have a lot of other details about it yet, no. but that's basically the crux of how a patent box works. Okay. So, the, the idea is, of course, to retain the knowledge in Australia, see that the, the knowledge is developed in Australia, yep. and... And therefore, Australia becomes the smarter country.
0: Yeah, yeah. But It's funny when you were just talking about the concept of the patents just then. I just wondered if there was going to be any crossover with the uh, <laughs> the video game tax offset. There's a digital games yeah. uh, thing, which is uh, going to get a lot of uh, pasty uh, teenagers out of the basement, maybe, in, in inventing exactly. a few things.
1: <laughs> exactly. I did see that. And yes, yes. Um, the patent box may have application there if, yes, if one of those pasty teenagers comes up with something new and innovative and and goes out and whacks a patent on it and actually makes some money out of it. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> um, on a more cynical note, you know, the patent box is good if you're an innovative com- company. Right. Um, I'm not sure it's going to help the. Local Jim's mowing franchise that uh, much, and the, no. or even to that extent, the the Great Barrier Reef tour business in Cairns. I don't think it's going uh, to help them too much. So no, no, it, it sounds great on the surface, but it is fairly targeted. And yeah, it may be targeted more to the big end of town as well.
0: Yeah, it does sound like something that's been in the pipeline for a little while, as you mentioned earlier. Mm. Um, but anyway, that's it's good to get an announcement on it. Anyway, um, yeah. there was some there was some super changes. So, well, the SG rate is still going up, which is good to know.
1: Yes, there was. Um, I will leave that for our senior tax counsel John Jeffries to talk about sure. in the webinar he's having when does that when is that webinar Steve?
0: Webinars today uh, the, uh Wednesday the 12th of May but so um people listening to this podcast may have missed it but if you're listening in um today you'll uh, you'll catch it today but the recording will be available uh, in the future so um I'll put a link to that recording in the transcript of this podcast but yeah John can speak at length about the super changes uh, but they're all there is some good news there all right, but for tax agents, yeah. Neville, anything else that people should pay attention to?
1: Um, the employee share scheme, there was changes in that. So previously, there was a taxing point where on the cessation of employment, that has been removed for now. So okay. that means that the 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 taxing point has been deferred, which is good.
0: That's good. So you can um, get,
1: but there again there again, you've got to have an employee share scheme to to enjoy it. So, right, again, right. somewhat targeted, but nevertheless, a good thing. But it's, um, it's a
0: bit of a motivational thing for employees, and um, hopefully that might ramp up when the economy comes back around, hopefully.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Mm. Um, another interesting thing that they did is that the, the government is making it simple, simpler, faster and cheaper for small businesses to pause or modify ATO debt recovery actions. That's right. The AAT has been given some um, powers there. They have. They Mm. have. And it it seems like a little bit of a slap in the face to the ATO, but it'll be interesting to see how that works as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I was just wondering about that pause in recovery. I mean, is there any interest involved? I mean, as in, not interest as in, I'm interested as in, as in, the, the, the debt that's owed is accruing interest in the meantime?
1: That's, that's a very good question. Let me see. Um, it doesn't actually, at this stage, we don't have enough detail okay. to know what they're going to do around that. I'm sure that the ATO will be issuing some guidance around that very, very soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at this stage, we've just got the broad policy
0: yeah, that's actually an amazing uh, development. Actually, when you think for SMEs that are facing a lot of challenges, and it, they do not want to have to uh, owe tax as well and be accruing interest, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, on top of everything else, i um, would yeah, yeah, be interested to see how absolutely. that all works out.
1: This, this may be a bit of a game changer, actually. Absolutely, mm, for some people now, for some people, yes. Mm. The other, the other change that was made, and and some like me would probably argue that they should have made this at the start of COVID. They've uh, increased the excise refund cap for brewers and distillers from $100,000 to $350,000. And one would hope that if they're able to get a larger remission of the excise, then the cost, the price of, beer and wines will come down, and yes. we've all done with that about 12 months ago.
0: That's tr- <laughs> exactly true. Interestingly, I have a good friend who's really into his single malt whiskies. There were some really good whiskies, whiskies being made in Australia, in Tasmania especially, but uh, that's in my opinion. But um, there are more distillers around than you think, little uh, uh, cottage industry distillers, so um, hopefully yep, that'll the give them bruiser. a kick along.
1: Hmm? Absolutely, the microbrewers are coming, oh. coming very, very popular all the time.
0: That as well, of course. At the other end, of course, for sure.
1: Uh, another thing was that the the first two hundred and fifty non deductibles. On self education has been removed. That's right. Um, it was a bit of a strange thing that's always been there anyway, so to remove it just simply makes compliance easier and, and more logical. All right. So it seemed like a fairly easy get anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the government is also looking again. At the residency rules for individuals and companies. Now, the That's board right. of taxation has been looking at this for quite a while. Yep. Uh, the government says that they will introduce a bright line test for people who are physically present in Australia for 183 days or more. Yep. yep. And if they don't pass the bright line test, there'll be a secondary test. When you start down those paths, it does sound to start to get a start to get a bit murky again so as to how straightforward and simple it will be we'll see once the details come out
0: yeah yeah the ATO I think promised extensive consultation <clears throat> there has been extensive consultation for a few years but so what they mean by that I'm, I'm not sure but we, we can look forward to something in the near future about residency anyway which is which would be great for corporates
1: yeah absolutely Mm. Um, the only other thing I really wanted to mention, yep. um, and there, there are other bits and pieces which as I alluded to earlier, John will go through in his webinar, but um, the government said that qualifying grants made to primary producers and small businesses affected by storms and floods recently in Australia yep. um, Will be made to be non-accessible, non-exempt income. So that ah. will give everybody clarity around how to treat those grants. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So that's a good thing, and that's in line with what they've done with the other grants around COVID.
0: COVID. Yeah, the 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 name the name the universe is getting wider. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, of course, uh, as more details come to, to um, surface, we'll uh, be put that on our website and in our seminars and webinars and whatever else we have out there to pass on the information. That's fine. Yep. And
1: and well, with all of it, once we get more detail, we'll be disseminating it through our normal channels.
0: Yeah, yeah, excellent. That's right. It's going to take a while to get through the lot, but anyway, we will, we will get to it. We'll get there, yes. <laughs> all right, um, Neville, anything else you want to add before we go?
1: No, mate. I think that pretty much covers all of it. Yep. Um, recommend, as I said, that everybody watches the webinar today, or if you're listening to this after that, um, watch it on replay and, and yep. catch up with what happened. I think you'll get great insights into everything from John.
0: Yeah. In the meantime, the uh, Tax and Super Australia's budget report is on the website prominently on the front on the homepage. Have a look at that, and uh, you'll get all the info that you need. All right, yep. Neville. Thanks very much for your time.
1: No problem, Steve. Good to see you again.